0: It's the job pod. Welcome to another episode of a career advice podcast just for you. I'm your host, Elijah. It's the month of love, February. Can you believe it? You know what else I love? Samantha, style coach. We hopped in her PJs, grabbed some snacks, and had a cozy late night chat. Empowering women, award-winning journalism, and now teaching others to dress how they want to feel. Stuffy suits be gone. Bring out your fluorescent plaid because she's here for it. Put up your feet, enjoy this chill chat, and soak up how living your best life all starts with what you wear. All right, Samantha, even though your husband has stolen all of your goodies for the evening, we're still here to talk about the job pod and yourself. So welcome. Thanks for taking part.
1: Thank you very much for having me and stopping me from getting to a huge marital row because my husband ate all of my popcorn. (laughs) Just going to shame him, first of all.
0: I can help with that. 20 minutes of shaming your husband. I don't know him and he can't see me, so it's wonderful. I'm happy to help. Perfect. You've done a lot in journalism, but now you're a style coach. In your experience uh, being a style coach, uh, you've done that for a bit, but uh, with journalism, have you found, surprisingly, that a lot of women have imposter syndrome? We could start there.
1: So... So true, not just obviously in journalism, but in many, many sectors um, of the clients I now work with. But yeah, it's a thing and it actually stops women from going for opportunities. Uh, When I was a editor, I was hiring for a deputy and I knew about five really incredible women who'd have been great for the job and none of them applied for the job. And so when I called them and said, look, I'm interested to know why you haven't put yourself forward for this. The answers were, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough experience. I don't know what I'm doing, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera, which, you know, literally wasn't true because they did. But yeah, I do find that women tend to talk themselves out of a lot of opportunities that they could be perfectly capable of succeeding in.
0: So I, I was curious if this is something that gets uh, women confused in in their mental state and that's why they prefer pyjamas to hide behind how good they are, or do you think there's something else involved?
1: Um, yeah, I think that a lot of the time... So what we wear, it can be a really confusing subject because there is no no one's teaching you this stuff right like with a lot of adult stuff no one teaches you for example mortgages or interest rates or any of that stuff at school we learn a specific curriculum that is written to make us pass exams essentially um as part of a national kind of leaderboard so all of these life skills we don't really get and when we are at school the life skills that we get maybe aren't they're they're not really necessarily adequate so you know if you go to a jobs fair here or you talk to someone in careers they'll you'll say you know this is my dream I want to do xyz and they may say well you know that's not really going to be possible why don't you do this instead so they kind of dampen down your dreams a little bit but I find that with what we wear No one is teaching us this stuff. And so a lot of women are looking to places like social media or magazines for guidance on what to wear. Now, of course, those places are based on advertising. And I know this because I've been a magazine editor. What magazines write is based on advertising. It's based on trends. And it's all trying to get you to buy the latest thing. And as women particularly we're taught to completely distrust ourselves and to always look outside ourselves for validation or is this okay like am i doing this right and that then goes into our careers um and you know we're we're constantly doubting ourselves and so the work that i do with women yes it's about clothes but really the clothes are a physical manifestation of how we feel about ourselves and what we think that we're worthy of and what we think that we're capable of and oftentimes women will have really lovely stuff in their wardrobes that they've bought for this one day version of themselves who they're going to be one day what they're going to achieve one day but there's a disconnect with who they're being today and so they'll be Of wearing like I can't really talk at the moment because it's uh it's just gone 9 p.m in the UK and I am wearing my pajamas right now but generally they'll be wearing their pajamas all day and then wondering why they don't feel good about themselves meanwhile they've got these lovely clothes in their wardrobe that they've talked themselves out of wearing because they don't feel good enough to wear it or you know I'm not going to see anyone today so what's the point in dressing nicely? And that means that we're saying, I'm not someone worth dressing up for.
0: Is there confidence in wearing brands uh, in your mind? Or is it more just ridding of the frumpy clothes and finding that fit?
1: The psychology of brands is really fascinating. Um, there are some really great studies on labels. And I think that a lot of A lot of what we wear actually stems back to childhood and childhood memories. So for a lot of people, if you didn't grow up with money, you may see brands as a status symbol. So when you get older and then you earn more money, you wear brands, you can buy brands. It's a status thing. Um, So generally, it's not necessarily about the brand. It's more about how you feel. Uh, inside of yourself and a lot of the work that I do with my clients is actually unpicking some of the things that they learned in childhood about clothes and about money I personally grew up without we didn't have any money and there were points where I literally had holes in my clothes and when I got older and I earned a bit of money I thought that it would be validation to buy loads of stuff and so I was a bit of a shopaholic and I We just buy loads and loads of clothes and actually that wasn't (laughs) that wasn't curing the reason that I felt like an imposter right so there's all this mindset work to do that begins way before we go into someone's wardrobe
0: there's a lot of people that really think people dress in pinstripe suits, uh, or, or what have you, for the the desire of, you know, onlookers and, and gratitude from others and saying, wow, that's really great, but it's really how you perceive yourself. Was that something you've always um, understood, or did that be a pivotal point in your life where you'd said, aha, I really understand what's going on?
1: I've got it. Um... hmm Yeah, no, I always loved clothes, and I always loved dressing up, and I always loved putting outfits together, but two things, number one, I was kind of told that that was, creativity is a bit frivolous and silly, and being a journalist was a good way of channeling my creativity in a way that felt like it was of status, um... But I always have clothes and interestingly enough when I first went for my first journalism job I was wearing, uh, I was just wearing um, like a raspberry coloured dress and someone in the interview process said to me I think you're too into fashion to be a serious journalist. Um, A few years later I'd won a few awards and I'd very much proved him wrong but I think it definitely shows that there's this assumption that You can't like clothes or be stylish and also be into politics um, and vice versa. And it's just really interesting how we make assumptions about people based on what they're wearing and also how we make assumptions about ourselves based on what we're wearing. There are loads of studies around identity and how what we wear actually informs the behaviours that we have. So that's all very fascinating. I won't bore you with it now. But yeah, the psychology of this stuff is what really, um, really fascinates me and really draws me towards it. Because what we wear is not just clothes. It's all of this other stuff going on.
0: When you're coaching um, another uh, woman to be successful in her own mind, how do you coach around misogynistic views that they may fear?
1: sometimes we actually carry misogyny ourselves uh we've internalized a lot of messages and we don't even realize that that's what's going on and actually there was a report this week um about from g7 countries about women in leadership and it showed that there's been a decline in women in leadership and that as the economy kind of faces crisis gender stereotypes become more permissible that people are okay with that. And so sometimes it's really interesting to help my clients unpick their own learned misogyny or the things that they've internalized about themselves and their own role. And I know personally that's happened to me. You know, I had a job as an editor, which is a really busy job, and I was working really long hours, and yet I still felt this kind of almost guilt that I had to be picking up all of the stuff at home even though my husband has never put that on me i realized that was something i'd internalized and what i'm hearing a lot from women is i just don't have time i have to do xyz for other people and we 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 almost are in danger we become martyrs it's like we serve everybody else before we serve ourselves and we don't necessarily realise that we can't pour from an empty cup and the people that you are here to support and the people that you love need you to be in the best health and they need you to be taking care of yourself and you not doing that because you feel like you have to put everyone else's needs above your own isn't actually helping them at all.
0: It's wild. I think I'm starting to see why you earned a spot on the top 50 most inspirational women in local journalism.
1: Well, thank you. Me too. But interestingly enough, you know, there weren't that many women in journalism. When I became an editor, I think there were three other women editors in the UK, which just shows you. And and it's not just women Um, that we have a diversity problem with in the UK media. I think, you know, you probably know the whole furore that happened last year uh, regarding Meghan Markle and the Oprah interview and is the UK press racist? And there is not very much diversity in the UK press. Most of, a majority of the reporters that work for national media in particular are from private schools and I'm from a council estate. And so as well as trying to go against assumptions about women as editors, there was also a lot of stuff to deal with in terms of class, and there's a lot of stuff still to to deal with in terms of race and sexuality and intersectionality, all these things, really, aren't perhaps being represented in a way that they should be currently by the media and I think that is showing in terms of the quality of the content that we are receiving.
0: Is that part of the award that you got regardless of the amount of uh, people in that pool? Is that something you're passionate about to kind of even that uh, space out, uh, bring a little bit of everybody in there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that The media can only be doing its job properly if it is representative of the people. And if you have communities within your community that do not feel represented, then you have a problem. And I still think that, despite the fact there are organizations that are working towards, you know, equity in media, it is still a huge issue currently.
0: Any, why, any particular reason why maybe women don't view their own uniqueness as a superpower is that just from their upbringing or just culture or what do you
1: think i think it's a bit of both yeah i think it's a bit of both to be honest um i think that uh it's just all the things that we've learned i mean between the ages of naught and seven our brains are like sponges and Even though we don't realise it, we're taking in lots and lots of information from the world around us and the media, our families, things that we see, things that we hear, they all become what we believe are our beliefs. And it takes a lot of unpicking to discover which of this is my belief and which of this is actually something that society has placed upon me. Um, and yeah a lo- I do a lot of that work with my clients and it's really fascinating but it's kind of like wearing a jumper I was saying this to a client the other day who has a cat it was like you're wearing a jumper and there's a thread that the cat has pulled out and the more that you pull at the thread the more stuff you unpick ab- about your belief system and it's it's fascinating
0: Do you find that you're trying to approach people who you may find that don't have a confidence in their own style and self? Or do do you find more people just coming to you and say, I just don't know what to do?
1: A bit of of both. Um, I try at the moment to, if I have a client who works for a particular company or I have a few clients who've come to me from a particular company or a particular sector, then I will reach out to that company because it kind of annoys me a little bit how many people are investing in their personal development outside of work for the benefit of the company they work for. Because the more confident you feel in your style and in yourself, the better the job that you're going to do for your employer. And I don't think employers necessarily have made that connection. I don't think they necessarily have realised that If you have an employee who is standing in front of their wardrobe every morning thinking, what on earth am I going to wear to work today? And just generally in a state of feeling bad about themselves, when they come into the office in the meeting that you have, they're probably not going to raise their hand and make a point or they're probably not going to put themselves forward for a promotion because they lack confidence. So I try and talk to employers because I think that's important. But generally... I do have women who have perhaps followed me for a long time, they'll sign up to my emails, they'll listen to the podcast and then they will make a decision one day that they've kind of, they've had enough and this is something they want to sort out. But I hear a lot of the same things such as I've just never had style, I don't know what I'm doing. And actually that's a lie because you once you start Once we start questioning this, you actually realise that naturally you do have your own sense of style. It's just that society has told you not to trust that. It's made you think you don't know.
0: I wonder if there's one thing you could share without giving away your trade secrets. Uh, What do you do to pull out that sense of style and, and confidence? Maybe just as a tease or a start.
1: If you feel like you have absolutely no idea what you like or what you're doing... Just go onto Pinterest and have a look at outfits and see what it is that you like. A lot of the problem that we have with dressing is that we don't allow ourselves creative space. If I ask a lot of my clients, have you ever just spent a day in your wardrobe playing dress up? The answer is no. And sometimes you're met with kind of, that sounds ridiculous. That's a really silly waste of time. It's not a waste of time if you find 50 outfits in your wardrobe, you've saved yourself loads of money because now you have clothes to wear for the entire year that were right there already. So just allow yourself creative time. And that's something that as we get older we don't do. We we kind of we think that creativity is childish and actually number one it's human. You know, we wouldn't have the best art and music and tv and all of that stuff if people weren't creative but also it's going to save you a lot of time and help you build confidence and trust in yourself and that you do know what you like and what you're doing
0: I could be going the wrong way with this but I tend to like to put pastel t- colors together top and bottom and I'm told my wife is a, a creative and she says no that that is you're not going out like this
1: <laughs> my husband says that to me a lot but you know what I just go out like it anyway and here I am running a business doing it so if you like it then you you wear it
0: it's it's confidence I, I'm trying to learn from Samantha and your podcasts and newsletters and, and maybe taking it too seriously but fashion is always good right
1: absolutely yeah it, because when you feel good in your clothes you you do better you know you right. show up more you stop talking yourself out of opportunities that you deserve and if you love something then wear it and actually it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks because if you feel good that's the whole point of your clothes
0: If I stride around the office like Bart Simpson in pastel colours, I look like a a nut bar, but I'm happy. I'm having a good time. Why not? There we
1: go. Exactly. It'd be better than wearing, you know, some oh some boring suit that, you know, feels like you're wearing someone else's uniform. A lot of my clients have a lot of resentment for they've gone out and they've had to spend hundreds and thousands of pounds over the course of their career on all of these like stiff, ugh, awful suits and court shoes that don't make them feel good and actually if they'd just been able to wear the thing that made them feel really good in the first place they would probably be excelling more than they are in their career
0: just like those tacky uh, ties that you know businessmen wear at christmas time when they have the lights blinking and they're grinning ear to ear because they're a big kid i mean they're tacky but they're having the time of their life i guess that's part of it
1: well i can't sequins should be for every day that's what i think you know with it coming up to Christmas and people wearing sequins at the moment why aren't we wearing them all year they're the most unsustainable material that you could possibly have in your wardrobe get the most wear out of it sure wear it on a random Tuesday in the middle of May
0: does it drive you nuts that a lot of people wait till the new year when the drop uh, ball drops the, the people sing the fancy songs to change their style and their attitude
1: Yes, absolutely. Yes, it does. I actually uh, was at the gym the other week and one of the trainers said to me, um, he was like, you probably want to avoid the gym in January because obviously everyone joins the gym in January and then by the beginning of February, they're not here anymore. And I think that we put so much pressure on ourselves in January that it's going to be a new year, new me. And it never is. I did that for many years, you know. It was going to be... The 1st of January, my life's going to be different. What if you started today? What if you just started one small thing today that's going to help you get to where you want to be? By January, you'll be feeling better about yourself than if you just kind of go wild now and, you know, eat all the foods and all of this kind of stuff. And... When you get to January, you're gonna just be feeling like you're facing an uphill battle. What if you just did one small thing today that will help you get towards where you want to be?
0: That's all it is.
1: Yeah, that's that's all it is. That's all it is to any kind of like career or goal or you know running starting a business. I think a lot of people look at my business now and they think, oh, you know, it's all it's all right for her and it's just like it just happened. Actually, it's been consistent action every single day for the last two years to make it happen and there's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see and it's you have to take the action especially on the days when you don't feel like it if you feel like rubbish the best thing you can do for yourself is wear something that makes you feel really good you won't regret it
0: It's been, this has not been a regret. This has been absolutely lovely, Samantha, to learn how easy it can be and uncomplicated it can be just to change your mindset. Of course, you're here to help them with that.
1: Ah, thank you. I've loved talking to you. I think probably when I leave this conversation, uh, I won't have any snacks left, which is my only, (laughs) my only fear.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Samantha, the style coach that's for real, taking over UK and New York. One piece of clothing at a time. Dare I say, she's the real deal. I'm going to talk about her more this week. Some posts that have come up I want to share about how society has held on to stereotypes about women way too long. And what we can do to talk about them, to share about them, and to remove them from our daily lives. As well, I want to chat about later in the week on LinkedIn about how we can connect with Samantha and why you should. It's a job pod. I'm your host, Elijah. Thank you so much for your support, for listening, and being you. See you soon.